Morning everyone, welcome to your Pacific Morning Show here with Therese, Hannah and Isaiah, ASAX, Cover Kardashian and the whole entire universe, ATGO Park. Hoorah. Sorry, that was ridiculous. <laughs> no, that was good. That was awesome. It sounds like you've been practicing that one as well. So. Man, I've been practicing that one in the mirror for ages. Yeah. Sounds great. It sounds better when you need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't like it here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for you. <laughs> Judged. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah. Welcome to your Pacific Morning Show uh, with us three, and uh, let's just jump straight into our talk of the day. Um, Hannah, what did you get up to last week? I saw that. Oh, you looked uh, really right. interesting. So, so, so cool. I got the honor to attend a gang hui between the Royal Commission and prominent gangs here in New Zealand. And when you first look at like all the photos and stuff, you're like, um, what's going on here? Yeah. Why is Mongrel Mob directly next to the name the Royal Commission? Yeah. You get confused. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, okay, let's check this out. Let's see what it's about. Um, you know, you see it on the news. There's like people like saying, why is Labour giving money to the gangs? The gangs are taking money of the government. Yeah. So I wanted to like sit the record show. I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's see what this is about. So I went. It was awesome. Um, it was great. It was peaceful. Mm. it was it was chill man it felt like a like a birthday or a wedding you mm. attend a family you know and um it was about basically what this was about was justice for people who were abused by the state mm. so during the 1960s and 70s um uh, over a hundred thousand young pacifica and maori people were ripped out from their families, mm. kids. Mm. Like, we're talking about kids from the ages of six to like 18. Yeah. They were ripped yeah. out from their family homes um, and they were taken into state care. So orphanages, um, psych wards, their bodies were being experimented on. Mm. Boys were raped. Um, boys were assaulted. Um, they were treated very bad, like their bodies were experimented on. And these stories are only coming to surface now. Yeah. And, you know, we have this narrative about gangs. Oh, they're bad people. They're the ones causing the ram raids. Lock them up behind uh, behind prisons. Mm. But when you hear the stories of how these people got to the stage where they had to join a gang yeah. as a response to the state, mm. you realize, holy crap, if I was in the same shoes, I would be just as furious. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, yeah, exactly. So, um, um, it was good for, it was a good experience to, you know, understand the stories of gang members, mm -hmm. why these gangs were formed. And it's time to heal. Like, And the yeah. state has a direct responsibility to repair these these kids who, well, they're now adults. And those mm. kids are now grandparents who now have mm. kids who are suffering through generational trauma. Mm. Yeah. And they have to deal with the trauma of their parents, not knowing how to communicate properly or mm. thinking hidings is normal because, you know, a psychiatrist used to like belt you all the yeah. time. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm going to do that to my kids. It's normal. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was a great experience. I, I really wish you guys came. Um, you guys would have been, enjoyed it as well. Did you guys um, see much of the press that released about that? I saw one post. Mm. It, it was, um, yeah, they talked about the 100,000 boys that, um, mm had been taken away from their homes and put into state care. Mm. Um, and then they talked about how they really just want to be able to heal and that the state has a responsibility to exactly. like for their generational healing. Yeah. They cause the generational trauma, so why not? Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
And and also another angle that I learned from that day was, do you know how much money the government invests in restorative justice, criminal justice? No. Like millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, like so much money there, right? And so this money is often claimed by organizations who run three-month workshops in prisons. And they're run by people who are very disconnected from the gang community. So mm. they come in with their piece of paper and say, we gave this person therapy, we gave this person thing, but there was no measurable results. They're yeah. claiming millions of dollars for these workshops to be run in prisons. Damn. But the kingdom, Mongol mob kingdom and different gangs actually have their own, you know, grounded way of trying to get people out of prison and back into the legal working system, yeah, an honest yeah. way of living. Yeah. And they have their own, but they don't get funded for it. It's all just community like work that they do. And yeah. I think that's so unfair mm. that organizations and NGOs can claim that money, restorative justice money, millions, but the people actually doing the work, being there when someone wakes up in the middle of the night crying 3 a.m. in some sort of PTSD state, yeah. is the psychiatrist there with that millions of funding? looking after these people crying in the middle of the night, trying to recover from their trauma? No. Mm -hmm. You'll find that it's the marae, the, the, you know, the um, villages that are there, yeah. community villages that are there supporting them. So I feel like something definitely needs to be, to be done about this. It's so unfair that the people doing the work are always being left out, yeah. but the people who can hack those funding systems and write those amazing proposals get into the doors. Yeah. What do you guys think? I think it's... <clears throat> Well, like, people who are getting the funding, how are they supposed to create solutions for experiences they've never mm. experienced? Mm. Like, that doesn't make sense. It only makes sense for, like, people who have experienced these experiences to create their own solutions. And that's what we keep talking about in, the, in these spaces is that, like, our community groups, these community groups, we can save ourselves. We've got the solutions for ourselves. Yeah. Just give us the resources and money to do so. Mm. The hood can heal the hood. And that's the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. Government is not our savior. Like We're not saying they don't do anything, but we save ourselves. First you save yourself, <laughs> then you save the world. Sorry, guys, I had to insert that one there. Man, I was going to start singing. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> no, that's, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, some would say, oh, you know, why would we need to fund these gangs? to kind of fix themselves like you know they'll just look they'll they'll look at this problem and automatically just think oh the gangs have caused this problem why are we giving why should we give money to the gangs to fix their own problem when they caused it but i what is it what you had said about you know the root problem of it mm. all was that they were just kind of ripped out of their families like oh yeah this is deeper than just some kids running around with patches on their back and like you know causing trouble is that like, why were they causing trouble mm. you know oh, exactly they were causing trouble because you kind of just removed them from their families okay why did you remove them from their families that's it you know mm. so you just got to keep digging deeper mm. to get to that final mm. route and be like oh so this is it uh what do we do do we remove it mm. is it that sort of problem or do we tend to it mm. and fix it exactly and so, you yeah. just sorry my two cents as well In in the past i've been mm. one who has been constantly skeptical about you know the reparations yeah 
thing. But after attending this, nah, man, the state was directly involved. Mm. Why, if they did not pull those hundred over a hundred thousand young boys outside of their families, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, you know, there wouldn't be gangs like we have today. When was when was it like? Um, nineteen sixties. Sixties. Oh man, so that's right, right about when the first kind of influx of islanders coming through. Yep. Like that's just before the dawn raids as well, and yeah. all that sort of. Ooh. And like, for example, the King Cobras reformed right yeah, from yeah. the the dawn raids, yeah. and gangs have previously been funded. John Key funded gangs. Like, if you look into it, Google it. There, he supported gangs initiatives into healing their own people. And that. I'm not saying I'm not rooting for John Key. I'm just like I hate the narrative that the politicians have come up with saying Labour's giving money to the gangs. I'm like, um, no, this is actually a Something that's happened a lot. <laughs> Wasn't Muldoon like uh, Mungo Mungo? Yeah, 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 he was. <laughs> oh, was he a part of... Oh, well, I, I, he had close ties to the mob, I think, Muldoon. Oh. And everyone kind of holds him up like Muldoon is like the bad guy who kind of executed the Dawn Raids, right? Mm. But it was actually a Labour initiative. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a yeah. labor initiative, and then he just continued. Yeah, and he was he just like, you know what? Let's get rid of these islanders. Yeah, he intensified it. Yeah, that dude put KPIs on it, man. It was terrible. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Shout out to Muldoon. How dare you get rid of? <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Muldoon and John Key, and yeah. If you want to find more information, we've written an article about our experience. Um, at this uh, Royal Commission and Gang Hui. So feel free to check that out. And um, if you have any questions about, you know, anything that went on in that scene, don't fall for the two-minute media bites you see, like, stop giving money to the gangs, because it's far from the truth. Mm. And they're just politicizing it for votes, guys. And don't be triggered mm. by... Uh, and don't be triggered by the little, like, sentence that they have that'll, like, grab you on Facebook and be like, what? Yeah, they're good at those, eh? Those oh, no, they, they will be great at clickbait. Mm. And people will be sharing, like, the articles without actually reading it. Yeah. Exactly. And then they start, like, waiting. Writing their paragraph. Writing their, yeah. <laughs> they start writing their thoughts, but they haven't even read the article. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, mm. man, yeah. I always crack up whenever I see this, especially when... And this is deviating a bit from your talk. But um, especially when, like, one news or news hub post up something in maori and then they'll say like oh can you translate this for us oh and my goodness and then, yeah and, then, and all the person will be saying is Merry Christmas, you know like merry christmas, merry christmas. in maori and then everyone's like oh we didn't know maori celebrate christmas oh well we, you know like oh why do we need to speak maori and it's just like hey, yeah bro, like all the karens like really mm, expose themselves in yeah. the comments you know what i'm gonna do if I like I, when I have time, I want to. No, <laughs> of course not. I'm gonna go look at their profile, screenshot their message, and then upload it on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm Whoa. sending it to their boss. Why are we canceling people? Not canceling them, make them lose their jobs. Yeah, you don't deserve that. Yeah, exactly. That's canceling people, isn't it? Wait, what's the way? No, this is called, Maori land, It's called bro. consequences to your actions. Yeah. It's not canceling. Because, you know, we can see you dealing with your consequences, but we'll deal with you. Like, we're just like, oh. Yeah. Oh, I got time today. I want you to lose your job. 
That's cancelling someone, isn't it? <laughs> no, cancelling. They don't even I, want to speak I, I, the I language. Cancelling someone is abandoning them from anything. Wouldn't you rather educate them and show them that, okay. That's emotional cool. labor. What? Yeah. So you'd rather so you'd rather make sure someone doesn't have money and get paid to do work. Maybe they'll think about their consequences. That's <laughs> oh, pretty. I'm that's, big on consequences, man. Look, I'm big on consequences too, but it's pretty extreme to be honest. Just in my view. I'm pretty big on extreme consequences as well. All right, yeah. guys. I'm gonna. Go, <laughs> I'm gonna wait, get some, No, I'm gonna but get, like, so you're gonna <laughs> wait, wait. So you're gonna go and explain to these people. Why they're wrong? Like, I'm, I'm not gonna explain. No, I mean, like, problem. is that what you wanted us to do as like a nice thing? We could like talk to them about racism. No, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, no. The thing is, though, is that I would much rather have someone pull me up and be like, "Hey, man, like this is one way you can look at it," and then I make up my mind instead of instantly just walking into work and be like, "Oh, man." Are you just been fired today? I've just been fired today because I hold that point of view. Because then that'll just make you make me hate people who oppose me even more. Really, it wouldn't make you think. Oh, maybe I'm really wrong for this. Ah, uh, nah. It's kind of like you know you 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 know you're just like poking the bear, and then like you know yeah. So one day the bear will bite you. I get, nah, I get that. Mm. But um, then also, like we it's not like people of color and indigenous people it's not our responsibility no, to not. educate white people on racism mm. yeah but i've been saying this since the beginning i'm openly racist anyway <laughs> i hate everyone and he hates equally, everyone equally but i love everyone equally at the same time yeah except for tongans i, I like this conversation though like <laughs> Because there's always two ways to do things. But honestly, yeah. I just don't feel like I'm on Teresa's buzz right now. I'm sick of all you people explanations yeah. on things. And... No, that's fair. Because, yeah, yeah. no. It, if, it they pay us, if they pay us to, like, to talk about it, easy. So, so you're going to hold racism workshops? No, if they... I think we figured out the new thing. <laughs> I guys. think I've had a new way to monetize yeah. this now. I think we could just like every racist person just just have like the same paragraph to send to them, but be like, oh, for that you owe me a thousand dollars. What if what if we just like yeah we like flood the email with we like flood the email with, uh this is how you could be a better human. This yeah. is how you could be a better human. Practice your mindfulness. One hundred dollar subscription a month. <laughs> Oh wait, wait. how to be a reasonable human being <laughs> how to not be a karen <laughs> done that's what we should name our workshops yeah i've actually got aunties called karen <laughs> yeah. but they're like it's the tongan yeah it's like what's the tongan name for karen God Galen. Galen. <laughs> close. close close Galeni. Galeni. oh man yeah that yeah. so what is it we yeah like I fully get where these guys are coming from. Like, oh, it's exhausting. But I get where you're coming from. Having to, but at the same time, you I'm know? still trying to get where you're coming from. I'm still no, trying I'm to get where I'm at. <laughs> I think. Oh wow. We should have a fight right now. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, we're gonna oh, go into an entire no. episode right now. Are we going to kick off this Monday with a violence? 
No. Well, a violets, no. Posy vibes. <laughs> Have a clean Monday, everyone. Clean this Monday. is just a clean discussion between me, Therese, and Hannah, and trying not to pull over the table right now. Exactly. <laughs> and talking about clean. We have our positive quote for this morning, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. We're going to change the vibe up. We're going to oh. change the vibe up. Sorry about that, guys. Please don't go and report your co Yeah, don't go and report your COVID. But, but if you we, want we, to. We, if you want to, Teresa's email <laughs> kidding, is open. Yeah. <laughs> Teresa's email yeah. is open. I'm kidding. So our quote of today is a spiritual one. It's what God sends you will arrive in clarity, not confusion. Um, I thought it was a really cool quote that spoke to me, um, mainly because it was a good reminder. Because I right now, like a lot of things in life, like people, things, projects, it can be like super confusing, mm-hmm. and I could be like trying to work to make it like work, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, and I keep forgetting. Oh, maybe because I'm not including God, or maybe it's because it's not from God. But then when I'm like chilled and when I'm just like leaving things in God's hands, like everything just starts falling into place. Mm. Yeah. And I always forget to just do like that, to just like be still and to just trust. Yeah. Because I always think that I got it and I can control it. But really, I don't got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just a cool reminder to be like, um, to know like the difference between what's meant for you and what's not meant for you yeah yeah maybe that's why i'm constantly confused (laughs) (laughs) it's just because maybe i'm doing something that uh that's outside of god's will for me and my plans but Mm. you know sometimes you just gotta think i'm thinking of it like this like you know how you have a ball of rope Mm. Or like, you know, it's all tangled up and mangled and all that sort of stuff. You know, if you just keep tugging at one end and like eventually it'll like... Untangle. Untangle itself as long as you just keep pulling on the thread. Mm. So, yeah, nah, I 100% get that. And that's just how I interpreted this is that like, yeah, look like all tangled and mangled, but keep working at it. God will meet you halfway. Mm. God will meet you halfway. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. That's the one. No, I, I love that quote. Um, can relate to it in every way. Anything like now, because like, you know, we're all in different spaces and stuff like that. If it's too, if I find that something is too hard, someone is making communications hard, someone is making emails hard, mm. or like you're trying to make something happen and they're yeah. just making it difficult for you. Yeah. I stop. Yeah. Like, you know what? Okay, this is not for me. This is too hard. And I'm not saying that I give up easily in my work because I, I, I take pride in like working hard and stuff like that. But I just know there's when you pick up someone's yep. trying to block you from something or like something happens that is like weird. Mm. And I'm just like, nah, I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. And it's it's there's a beauty in learning to let go of things easily, not attaching yourself. Yeah. As I think is very powerful. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Not needing to be in control of everything like, exactly there's a beauty to surrendering mm. yeah see i've been learning that yeah. yeah what is it so one of the major things that i've been learning is that i can't control how the world operates mm. yeah but i can control how i react mm. to everything that happens in the world mm-hmm. and so 
a lot of times when I see stuff pop off online, I used to be easily triggered. Mm. I used to be like, what? You can't say this. You can't say that. And yeah, occasionally I will call people out and all that sort of Mm. stuff. But recently, and this is cool because I've (laughs) kind of taken a little little bit bit of step away from being so active online, mostly because I'm playing Tetris and I'm working. (laughs) Um, Is that sometimes some people are just idiots. Mm. You can't control that. Mm. But you can control you know kind of turn around and be like am i gonna educate the idiot you know kind of like how we were talking about before or yeah. am i just gonna let them be dumb mm-hmm. so yeah no nah, yeah just let go and let god deal with the idiot yeah or let god deal exactly. with you being on your own journey yeah that's yeah. The one. a lot of those people are just hurting anyways and yeah they're projecting mm. so it's like yeah yeah let go and let god and when i what i mean by that is when you get triggered you don't have to be a hero because that hero was god (laughs) like you don't have to go out and save and tell like tell people this is your road to salvation or because you just have to trust that god's got that in the bag or john cena's got that in the bag and john cena too (laughs) shout out to john cena (laughs) john cena (laughs) but we hope that um put you in a positive mood it gave you something to think about um you know this show is all about heavy hitters uh, we're not always serious all the times so we bring in the jokes as well but we like to <laughs> we like to wow the fat shaming is real in the morning I'm just kidding oh my just kidding guys this is what i mean we go from serious to jokes <laughs> but um on today's show we have a very very special guest we are I'm going to be interviewing Audrey English, who is an amazing musician, songwriter. And welcome back to our Pacific Morning Show with Therese and Isor. We have a very special guest on our show today. We are so happy to introduce you, Audrey English, who is a mu- who is a musician and an artist and makes some pretty amazing work. How are you today, Audrey? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me today. That's all right. No, um, thank you for coming on our show. Um, we really appreciate your time and and effort to be with us. Uh, Audrey is currently in Samoa. So as you can see, she's at our office in Samoa with our Blue Wave team there. Shout out to our Blue Wave team in Samoa. Thank you so much for putting this together for us. You don't want to be in New Zealand anyway, Audrey, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, New Zealand has been oh. um, suffering a lot um, the last weeks uh, with the floods and everything going on. So it's been a bit hectic for us, but let's bring some oh, fresh yeah. energy. Yeah, we made it. So Audrey, if you like, who is Audrey English? Like, and how would you introduce yourself to everyone else? Sure. Um, I would say that I'm a singer and I'm a songwriter. And I like to make soulful pop music. That's my, that's my genre. Soulful pop music. And what got you into making music? 
Um, so music came kind of later for me in life. Uh, I didn't, well, like I grew up singing, but I didn't sound good. And then around like 17, 18 is when I started sounding good and started taking vocal lessons, um, posted my first YouTube video. It was a cover of Autumn Leaves and I just used like a $60 mic. And from there, um, I landed my first TV sync with that cover and that opened the door to sync for me. Can you just break that down as to what that is for everyone else who's watching and listening? Sure. Sure. Um, so sync is, it's TV placement. So making music that gets placed in TV and film or advertising. Ah, nice. Yeah. So, so does that mean yeah, you get so, royalties, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Gotta make money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I work with a, a music placement company and they usually tell me like what the goal is, what kind of song they're looking for. And then they pitch it to different TV shows and um, I get mostly like reality TV shows. So like oh. American Idol and America's Got Talent. Um, they've used my song a handful of times for the golden buzzer moment. Oh. Yeah. Which is okay, so I'm going to expose like, myself. I watch like golden buzzer moments like on YouTube back yeah. to back. It's one of my favorite things yeah. to watch. That's so interesting. And congratulations mm -hmm. on that because I do understand it is very hard for artists, um, not only in music, to monetize um, the art. And it can be a bit draining um, because you're always feeling like you're a product and when outsiders don't view you a certain way, you know, that's mental health and emotional labor stress. How do you deal with that, with um, balancing, monetizing your art and keeping your head above water? Right. Well, I think I definitely do have to like sacrifice a bit of creative freedom when I'm making sync music because I tend to be more emotional and sad and deep like if I'm being honest with what you know motivates me to write um and so sometimes they do kind of have to like reel me in and be like okay you need to be more uplifting or you need to be like <laughs> you know let's be a little more simple and and happy and stuff um but they also allow me to be creative and put out music that is more emotional and deep so I don't mind sacrificing it especially because it gets me exposure and it's what lands and sells so I know that I have to sacrifice that mm. Mm. well uh what is it oh man when you said that it reminded me of um forgetting Sarah Marshall <laughs> forgetting Sarah yeah, Marshall yeah. so he's like a musician for hire yeah where he kind of comes oh. in and they were like play some sad and ominous tones and he just like a ding ding that's what you imagine yeah. her doing that, well i don't imagine you going in and you're that's like, me at oh. heart yeah mm. sorry i have another question as well um i'm not a musician but i love music and i can i'm not the best singer but i love to play guitar and i play music um when do you find it best for you as an artist to write music is it when you're in like a crisis state or like when you're happy <laughs> or when you're just going about, you know, normal, like doing everyday things? That's a great question. I think um, when I am struggling, it, it, it should be the best time, but I do tend to like have to force myself to write when, when I'm struggling. Cause I don't really feel like it, but I know that that's when it's the most real and raw. Um, so I do force myself a lot 
And then I think the best ones, though, that come to me are the ones that are like in the shower or like, <laughs> you know, just randomly something will pop up in my head or sometimes I can't sleep. And I, I just know I have to write like I literally won't be able to sleep unless I at least try mm -hmm. to put something down and then I can fall asleep. Who would you say your biggest musical influences would be? Uh, number one would definitely be Paolo Nutini. He's, um, I feel like it's just, for me, I love tone and lyrics. That's what mm. really inspires me the most. Mm. And he just has that type of voice that the moment you hear him, you know it's him. And the way that he writes, it's just like, he's talking about stuff we've all been through, but he just says it in such a unique way that you're just like, oh my gosh, you just floored. Mm. Mm. So I think he's my number one. And then Adele, Amy Winehouse, um, Etta James, stuff like that. Ooh. The real soulful stuff. Yeah. All the heavy hitters. The stuff I listen to when I cry in my shower. But I love them. You know how people are like, oh, why are you listening to that song? It's so depressing. When it's like, no, it's actually such a beautiful song. Like, it, it, you don't have to link that emotion to the song just because the song is about it. But just hearing the soul within music is like... I need to be in that mood right then and there. Oh, really? I need to be sad, oh. girl. Oh, so really? To listen to <laughs> sad music. I'm she like sad girl it, music, yeah. like but anywhere. happy, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Walking in the sun, sad girl music, in the gym, sad, sad girl, girl music. music. What? Yeah. yeah, I have a whole playlist that's just filled with sad Beyonce songs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love how it's just Beyonce. Yeah, it's just Beyonce. So Beyonce. Oh. there's heaps of oh, like that's... other artists that do like way more depressing songs. Just and Adele <laughs> and hits the heartstrings better as well. If you want to feel, yeah. you know, feel something. Beyonce gives me like, I'm yeah. yeah, yeah. Audrey, I feel judged right now. <laughs> I feel like this is not you a safe space anymore for me and my sad Beyonce songs. <sighs> you can listen to your sad music however you listen. Like, don't listen to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's right. She's right. Um, well, <laughs> as, what's your um, creative process like when you're like, are you most creative? in the showers or like late at night because i find like early hours in the morning like as soon as it hits midnight i'm like whoa i get like this idea i feel like i could do this and i'm like whoa and then in the morning during normal hours like my mind's like blank same yeah. i'm the yeah. same mm. yeah yeah i feel like for me it's it's not necessarily a time of day it can you know it could be at any time but i guess if i had to think of the average i feel like maybe like late night mm. i feel like that's when i get the most inspired to write stuff something about mm. nighttime so I do eh? devil yeah. hours mm. yeah 3 a.m and i'm yeah. like <laughs> i'm sitting there like an editing gremlin yeah yeah <laughs> something about nighttime maybe because the whole world's asleep and it's quiet yeah hey yeah that's it. yeah mm. and um you have a new single that is um, out recently, which is super awesome um, and exciting for you. And we, we were just speaking um, before this. And the video clip was actually shot in two countries. Oh. Yeah. Where? So um, Audrey's from Las Vegas. And then the guy's part was filmed in Samoa, right? How did that? Yeah. How was that for you? How was that working process? It was. Um, so that was the first time I worked with Sleeping Giant Films. They are incredible. They blew my mind. Um, I really just had like a rough idea because we were working around the distance issue. So I just presented to them that, you know, how about I do my part 
in Vegas in the studio. And if there's any way for you guys to get a guy over there <laughs> and um, film his parts, try to make it look like it's the perspective of me. So you just see like the girl's hands and you're reminiscing on all these memories that you had, this relationship that you shared um, to be able to work around the distance. And just with that, they, they blew it up. They exceeded my expectations. And uh, Micah also, he was the star in that and he did incredible. His acting was amazing. Um, so yeah, I was, I was really proud of that one. They've got some one men in Vegas for you. You could have done it over there. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> well, and also we wanted to show the island and yeah. you know, showcase like different parts of here. So shout yeah. out to Sleeping Giant Films. They did really well. I really yeah. liked the tones, the browns um, that were used in that video clip, which was which was super awesome. Um, I just have one more question for you, Audrey. Um, for someone who is wanting to pursue, you know, a career in music, and I feel like for Pacifica, because it's a lot harder um, for us, especially mm. in New Zealand, what would your advice be to someone who wants to start their career in music? I would say be true to yourself, number one, um, because you'll hear a lot of noise. There's a lot of voices telling you the best way, and it could be very intimidating um, when when all these people that have done all these big things uh, make you feel like this is the only way that you're going to ever make it. Um, but I think you just got to be true to yourself, dress the way you want to dress, sing the type of songs that you want to sing and allow yourself time to explore what that is because you really don't know, you know, until you experiment with like who your artistry, like what it all represents. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just be true to yourself. Who would your dream collaborations Ooh. be with yo that's a good that's one a good speak it into existence right now they might yeah be watching. i know no right? one is off the box anyone <laughs> yeah. and everyone yeah oh. dr dre right here yeah, yeah. that's number one. <laughs> oh man there's so many there's so many that i would say oh my gosh like obviously adele but then like louis capaldi like Ooh. oh Maybe Louis Capaldi first. I feel like that would... Can you imagine a duet? Like, oh, that'd be so incredible. Mm. Yeah. Would you ever do, like, a house-type yeah. thing as well? Like... House, a house? Yeah, man. Yeah, would you explore oh. other genres? Have you guys heard Sad House? I love Sad House. Sad House? Like house yeah. So you're saying that we're... <laughs> 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 At least you're having a good There's time, no right? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, that's the goal, there's to have no a good time, time crying. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's no wrong time for sad music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop judging me, Ryan. <laughs> would you explore genres? Um, so I have done like EDM stuff, like EDM features. That that's been cool. And some of my music with sync, I think that that's been me exploring because some of them are way more upbeat than I that I would normally do. And mm. I have one actually that's coming out in the summer. It's going to be a part of an EP. And it's it's kind of dancey, which is different for me. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. So We'll keep a lookout for yeah. it so we mm. can add it to our crying sad list, but happy. Yeah, but happy. <laughs> but happy. <laughs> sad house music. Cal has, um, like... Mm your connection to Samoa, how has that influenced your songwriting mm. um, and your creative process? Yeah. And just your character as an artist. Mm. Sure. <clears throat> I think um, 
creatively because with my songwriting I tend to write like love songs and I like to focus on on relationships love and stuff I think there's a lot to say there so usually that's inspired by my own dating life or um, other people movies stuff like that but in terms of Samoa I feel like um, I want to showcase more of that with visuals so videos and the way that I dress I want to put in little things that kind of represent the culture um, showing people like you know we showed a Samoan guy and uh, we just did a video yesterday and we have people that are like from the church that are going to be in that video. Mm-hmm. So I think um, that's the way that I, that I want to like showcase the island. Right. And our people. Yeah. Would you ever do an album in Ngangana, Samoa, like all in Samoan? Mm. <laughs> a whole album whoa a whole album. Yeah. I would be down to a whole like, album in EDM oh. Samoan and he's talking EDM about 18 too. songs in the album oh. Audrey so oh wow or we, could, or we could do the Kanye seven songs yeah yeah solid. right right and the longest need, album like, ever uh, artists <clears throat> to feature on your track yeah <laughs> yeah I love we're ticking off all the boxes here <laughs> Yeah, I would, um, I'd be down to write a Psalm 1 song, but I would need help. Um, <laughs> I would definitely need help. That would be a challenge for me. But I've always, I've actually always wanted to try that, actually. Mm. Maybe like write a love song in Psalm 1. That'd be really cool. That'd, That'd be, be awesome. Hey, that, uh, oh, man, what was the cover of that song? What was that song that you covered? Amuya Lelupe was yeah. the first one. That yeah, I, that one. That How dare you? Oh, beautiful. Such a good cover. Yeah, thank you. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank mm. you. Thanks. My mom helped me to make sure the pronunciation was tight. <laughs> but yeah, just did that on like my setup at home. Yeah. I have my own studio and she helped me tighten it up. Awesome. And, and we yeah, we actually should have asked this in the beginning. Um, Audrey, sorry about this, but what villages are you from in Samoa? Um, we I live in Susanga. Oh, and cool. So I I was born in Pongo, and um, my dad is white, my mom is Samoan, and he's a pilot. So I we moved around a lot. I was raised in Guam mostly, and Texas, and then Guam. But every summer, I went back to Samoa growing up and spent time with grandma and grandpa. And I was just fortunate enough that, you know, my dad flies, that we were able to come back frequently. And... Um, it was always just a very humbling experience to come back. I feel like every time I came back, it just grounded me. Like it's just a peaceful thing, you know, to just yeah. be back and um, spending time with, with my family. I hope that I can come back more often, do more projects here. And then maybe you can come to New Zealand and we can go to um, Hannah's top secret um, Falai Mamoi. Is it Falai Keke Mamoi? <laughs> Keke Mamoi. Oh, yeah. Audrey, oh, nice. if you come to New Zealand, we will. I will take you to the best Keke Mamoi place here in Auckland <laughs> oh um, with Therese and Isoa. So, um, yes. <laughs> I'll hold you to it. <laughs> yes, yes. Please do. I, I, I promised them I'm going to take them today after this. <laughs> so, when oh you come, gosh. if you ever do come to New Zealand, you're more than welcome and we're more than happy to host you if you do come oh. here. Um, I do want to, I really want to do stuff out there. I would love to, mm. I've always wanted to do uh, videos over there. So yeah. I need yeah. to get connected to some people. <laughs> For sure. And there's a lot of um, beautiful spots here. Mm. 
really nice spots here. Yeah. 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 Wait, so your dad's like a pilot, like commercial pilot or army yeah. pilot? Yeah, he flies for United. Oh, nice. So, yeah. And yeah. he was he was flying for Samoa Air and that's how he met my mom. She was late for her flight, so she had to sit behind the pilot. Oh, <laughs> not the 90s sitcom. Oh, wow. wow. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what so a beautiful. Hallmark movie. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Oh, no, that's beautiful. But we're also really, really lucky because you released your new EP today, right? That's awesome. Yeah, Could you yeah. tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so I just released, um, it's a six-song EP. Some of them are songs that I've already released. Happy is actually on that EP. And then some of them are new. And we are planning to film a video for one of those songs on that EP um, pretty soon. Hopefully it comes out soon. But it's available everywhere, Spotify, Apple Music. I'm going to make my Spotify uh, membership worth it now. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And my sad Beyonce songs. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. Go it. like it, download it. Yeah, after this, thank you. We will also put the links to um, your music and how everyone can find your songs onto this video. But thank you so much. Congratulations on the EP. Um, definitely want to understand how hard it is to write an album, especially when you write something and you're like going back and like I don't like that anymore and constantly changing. So congratulations mm-hmm. for getting to the end of it. That's some huge thank work. You. But thank you so much for um, your time this morning, Audrey. It's been awesome to get to know you. This will definitely not be a last for us. Um, happy to connect mm-hmm. in certain ways and also happy to have you on our show as a guest again in, in the near future. But thank you, Audrey, for your time. Yeah. You guys, thanks, um, thank Do you have any last words for thank our you audience? Guys. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And um, yeah, I hope that we can do this again soon. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to have you in, in person. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. in person would oh, be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully soon. I I definitely want to make a trip out there. So I'll let you guys know. Awesome. Thank you, Audrey, for your time. Have a amazing day and good morning. Thank you, guys. Good morning. Mm.